So to say that this is going to be a guy focused episode means that I sort of described the episode in its entirety because on one end in as much as I'm always sort of defending guys I want to show you that there's some disgusting dudes out there and you know call them out a little bit but at the same time I also want you guys to realize that there's some expectations that are made of men that seem a little bit harder for us than you might think and to put it plainly and simply men actually have fears and they might look like they're particularly trivial or it's not even as bad as it might be but the reality of it is it's probably a little bit more rampant than you might think but before we get into all of that let me just start things off from going to central kenya for a little bit now the governor of muranga county honorable irungu kangata has recently come out to say that he will start paying pregnant women a stipend of 6000 shillings now I'm going to be honest just like some of you I have questions about this entire thing of course there's some of you all that are like oh he's a politician blah 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 and I am going to ask quite a bunch of those questions because this sounds like too general of a piece of information for me to just take and go with like that but considering that this is a politician who just recently got into the Muranga county seat I do have to wonder Isn't this kind of like when you're banging a prostitute that you paid for and then she says that she loves you? Like Because let's be honest about one thing. This is a politician. For them to give you a promise that sounds really really good to be true, it's like a dairy farmer coming back home with a pail of milk. It's expected. In this particular case, I'm not too surprised. The only thing that I have a questions and it's not even in relation to whether he'll do it or not. The 6000 that's being promised is it on a monthly, a yearly or a one-time basis because if some of these babes are really gunning for that 6000, they'd probably want to know if this is one of those things where you can get pregnant, go get that money but it won't come back so you'll have to abort and go again. You know, stuff like those. Then also on top of that, how exactly will he find out that the woman is pregnant? Is it from a pregnancy test that can be forged or is it from, you know, a visible sign of a pregnancy like, you know, a bulging belly and shit? And when is it payable? Is it payable when you show that you're pregnant physically or when you get the doctor's report or when the baby comes out? Like those are the questions that I guess most babes would probably want to know. Personally I wouldn't care because I can't get pregnant. You know I'm a guy. I don't have the apparatus for that shit. But considering that there's quite a number of babes that might want my nut so that they can go and claim 6000 bob, I'd probably want to find out the information for their sake. Because for me, the only thing that I can do in terms of contributing to this is giving most of these babes kids, you know, leaving my kids in there and shit. Kind of, you know, diversifying the daycare institution like that, you know, just leaving them kids in there. But anyways, all that aside, considering that I don't have the apparatus, I have asked the question, so maybe if we get those answers, then probably we can move forward and see if these babes might actually want that kid after all. And as we wait for those answers, we can be listening to the podcast that I have started called A Break Time on West Side, which involves me starting in this very interesting manner with an instrumental in the background where I start by saying Welcome to Breakdown on West Side, your number one breakdown podcast coming to you from Nairobi, Kenya. The man on the mic is a man who values his milk so much that he is not willing to let every single babe have it. He's a man who would like astrology to be the study of ass because they have astronomy as well. 
It is none other than your tall, dark, and mildly handsome man, Sir Denverby. The show is to eat street, the show where we take a deep dive into Twitter, pull up a couple of tweets, and break them down a little bit. Now, as usual, if you know the drill, then you can repeat it after me. If you don't know the drill, then it's okay, I'm gonna say it. And if you do know the drill, but you don't wanna say it, then you already know what it is. Because it's the very simple way in which you can contribute to the making of these episodes by submitting the many interesting tweets that you feel that we should be discussing on this podcast. And it's a very simple drill and it almost sounds like a song and it goes like this. You see that tweet, you like that tweet, you want us to discuss that tweet, you send that tweet. You send it to the DMs of the D, which happens to be my personal Twitter handle. And I will take it from there and I will handle it accordingly on Facebook or on IG if it happens to be a screenshot, a screen grab, hell, maybe even a reel that you have seen on any of those apps that is pulled from Twitter. Then the place to send it to is at Breakdown on West Side. The DMs are always open and I will take it from there and I will handle it accordingly. Now, I've got a bunch of tweets that I have to discuss over here, but before I get into that, I'm going to admit and say that whatever it is that I'm about to talk about next is something that I didn't really want to talk about. And it's the story that I was talking about on the past episode of Battle of the Sexes, the rape story that I said I just discussed for Tweet Street. And honestly, I don't enjoy discussing this. Personally, I don't like it. But considering that I said that I would discuss it and I'm a man of my word, I might as well. So the Superfly actor slash rapper Kaylan Walker has been sentenced to 50 years to life in prison for multiple rapes. Now, the 27-year-old was convicted in April of three counts of forcible rape, two counts of statutory rape, and two counts of rape by intoxication, according to the LA County District's attorney's office. Walker was arrested in 2018 on the charges and was released on bail, but he was ordered held after sentencing, according to City News Service. The Raptors' victims, who are models, allege that Walker reached out to them over social media offering to help them professionally, according to the police. Walker would lure his victims to locations by telling them that there was a music video shoot or that he was going to introduce them to someone famous, City News Service reported. When he was alone with the women, he sexually assaulted them, as the victims told police. The rapper, who went by the stage name KR, released an EP in 2017 and played a gang member in the 2018 movie Superfly. He also appeared in the 2017 movie Kings, which starred Daniel Craig and Halle Berry. End quote. Okay, so considering that I actually even know the guy by face because I watched the Superfly movie, I found it to be particularly nice and interesting, even though a lot of it was very surface level and it felt a bit short. But all in all, I kind of know the guy, he's a fairly famous face right now because of the movie. And to be very honest, if he is guilty of doing this, then he classifies as one of the most disgusting men, in my opinion. Because when you're in a position where you're a little bit more famous, where you have a little bit more access, you've made a bunch of money here and there, and you can manage to get babes through a little bit of social interaction and maybe taking a few babes out on a date, and then you choose to sell a fake opportunity and then decide to impose yourself and you know forcefully take advantage of the babes i feel like that one is a massive cop out that's a very very cowardly thing to do in my opinion at the very least i'd much rather you go and you pay a sex worker and you bang them or you take a babe out on a couple of dates and you bang them or you just hit them up and you just try and be smooth with your wording and you bang them like there's so many simple ways that you can do this but you choose to go for the route of lying to someone that you're going to introduce them to someone famous, especially with babes that are trying to seek out opportunities and you're like, oh, no, 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 like, I'll, I'll introduce you to this person. And then you take advantage of them. Like, yuck. 
like such kinds of dudes are the ones that have all the you know visible capabilities of pulling a shorty but do not want to lean into those capabilities and are instead wasting them on selling meaningless lies just to try and take advantage of someone which i honestly find to be quite cowardly and very very low quality of a male let alone any human being because even guys go through this shit with women so if he did actually do this honestly 50 to life is perfect for him let him go and not drop the soap in prison because dude should be opened up and fucked in the back hole as much as possible because honestly that was just disgusting as fuck but i will leave that there for you to ponder on and i will move it on with the tweet so on to our very first tweet of this episode if men cease to exist stronger women will oppress weaker men that will never be equality sadly you see the problem isn't men the problem is that oppression is an inevitable consequence of humans who exist in social strata many female bosses oppress their female subordinates women oppress their house helps in fact men seem to be kinder to house helps than women in female schools factions exist they deride denigrate and bully women below their class oppression is not masculine oppression lies in the heart of the powerful entitled self-conceited and jingoistic mind oppression is a result of polarized advantage no gender is inherently oppressive the lion preys on smaller animals because it can not because it's a lion a rabbit will prey on lions if it could look at same-sex relationships a U.S. study suggests that there's more abuse in lesbian relationships than in heterosexual relationships. Men oppress men, men oppress women. Women oppress women, women oppress men. Tribes oppress other tribes, races oppress other races. It's not about identity, it's about power. Anyone can be an oppressor, speak against oppressions, and don't demonize gender, race, etc. Honestly, I feel like someone had to point that out because especially with the way people usually like running back to oh the patriarchy this oh the patriarchy that you actually realize especially when you start work if you have like a female boss you actually start to realize that female bosses can be absolute shit. Now I'm not saying that all female bosses are shit because you know I work in an organization where like every single person that's above me all the way till the general manager is female so i wouldn't want to come out and say that my female bosses are shit because they're actually particularly good and they also need to preserve my job and shit but i've actually dealt with female bosses that were absolutely garbage just the same way i've dealt with male bosses who are absolutely garbage and they're very very oppressive and the thing is you actually hear from other women that female bosses are actually a lot worse than male bosses in a lot of cases am i saying that women shouldn't be bosses no Am I saying that women make the worst bosses? Not really. What I am saying is, this whole thing where people talk about, oh, you know, men oppress women, that's not the case. It's not like men are doing a lot of oppressing. If anything, I feel like right now we're the ones that are being oppressed because being a straight guy is in and of itself something that is being looked at as a general majority and because there's this whole inclusion thing and diversity and we need to give opportunities to other people, it's like a lot of us guys are being passed up on opportunities not because we don't qualify or we're not able to do the job but simply because we are straight men. And every single time some person is busy saying that men are the ones who are the oppressors, 
I usually try to direct them to every single woman that's busy complaining about their female boss because those ones are the ones that will tell you that she can wake up in a bad mood and the entire office is going to have a bad mood because of her because they're going to be given some of the worst treatment on that day and if she's in a good mood then probably you'll just get regular treatment but if she has a problem with someone it'll be very apparent blah 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 but all in all i'm not saying that women make for shit bosses i'm just saying that women can be oppressors as well and right now in this current social landscape i feel like it's the minority people that are oppressing the majority of the people right now but Anyways, that one is definitely up for debate, but I will leave it at that because I like job security and I will move it on. So on to our very next tweet of this episode. You really need a job, car and a crib to get these women nowadays. Okay, so I actually looked at this tweet and I looked at the kind of backlash it got on IG. And to be very honest, it was it was. I feel like it was mostly misunderstood and not to say that whatever it is that people were responding towards what this guy was saying was bad it's just that i feel like it was mostly misunderstood in terms of how he was trying to portray the information because it's just words not like he spoke or anything so he couldn't pick up anything in terms of emotion from where he was saying all of this because a lot of people were like well why is it that you're complaining because you're supposed to have the bare minimum and to kind of put things into a little bit of context, I don't think you necessarily need to have a car in this Nairobi to do that, but you need to move around through some form of transport that has at least some level of comfort, like an Uber and shit, and at least be able to do that at least a couple of times in a month. And the reason I'm saying this is because you don't necessarily need to have a car, but I see guys who don't have cars that can pretty much pay the Uber every so often whenever people are moving around or whenever a shorty wants to come over to that place. So you don't necessarily need a car. But back to what this guy said, you know, you needing a job, some form of transportation and a place to get babes. I don't think he was saying this because he wasn't acknowledging that that's supposed to be the bare minimum. I think he probably acknowledges that very, very well as a guy because guys are supposed to be getting this before they holler at babes. And I'm not setting this as some sort of standard that guys are supposed to live by. By all means, you can have less and still pull a shorty or two. It's just that when you're at this point, that's when you probably feel the most secure as a guy in terms of your ability to approach women. Now, the reason why I feel this guy is being misunderstood is because when you look at what a guy has to do to be able to get babes and you think about it practically in a place with a high cost of living where a majority of men don't make all that much money, let alone make any money considering that the rate of unemployment is pretty high and then expect them to get a place of their own that's pretty decent and manage to take up all of those costs and still be able to have a girlfriend and treat them out and everything is a little bit of a daunting task. Like there's a lot of work that you have to do as a guy so that you can get yourself to that position and manage to pull babes. Now, ask what the babes have to do in order to get guys. They simply just have to look good. And I'm not trivializing it to mean that it doesn't mean shit. By all means, you know, getting your hair done, getting your nails done every single week isn't easy. And there's some of y'all that do it quite a lot and they also invest in makeup. And I'm not saying that it's a simple feat. It's just that those costs can actually be broken down on a month by month basis and they won't cost all that much. Now, when you compare that to what 
a guy has to go through the fact that he can be kicked out of the house if he cannot manage to pay rent meaning that he has to sustain a job or at least he has to have some level of income it seems like it's actually not that big of a deal because at the end of the day you can actually look good even without the makeup the cost of dresses and shoes for babes is incredibly lower than it is for guys not that guys wear dresses or anything so in some ways i get where this guy is coming from because it seems so much easier for the babes and yet they're the ones that are throwing all the judgment saying that well yeah this is this is bare minimum what so bare minimum is too much for you right now nah it's not that bare minimum is too much it's just that getting to that so-called bare minimum for you guys is actually very painful and probably if you resonated with that a little bit then maybe you'd understand that in as much as we accept the struggle it doesn't mean that for us it's that easy but all in all some people will jump to their conclusions just the same way i've had my assumptions so i will leave it at that and i will move it on so on to our very last tweet of this episode and it's a long one actually so here it goes one month after we got married my husband was fired from his job we were newly married wedding was debt free and we used the money we got in gifts to pay down student loans that left us with a whopping $1,500 in our accounts between the two of us, $1,000 in mine and $500 in his. Fired with $500 in his bank account, that left me with $1,000 in mine but I still had a bi-weekly paycheck because I was working. I will never forget the day he was let go. It was not like our usual day. He barely spoke to me all day and in the afternoon he texted. Now we have a rule. No important things are discussed by text. But I will never forget the text, Hey babe, we need to talk and it's not a text conversation. Can I call you right now? I knew this was serious so I excused myself to talk. So I called him. Before I could utter a hello, he broke down and told me he got fired out of nowhere. He kept saying, I don't know what I'll do if you leave. Give me time to find another job and provide. I had never seen him so afraid. He kept begging me to come home and that he, he would figure it out. I was baffled because leaving had never even crossed my mind. In my mind, as soon as I had fired, I started calculating how much overtime I could swing to carry us and our church mortgage. Anyway, I told my manager I had an emergency at home and left. I came home to him crying and I realized this deeply hurt him because he was used to providing and always had done so. Now, a month later that was being snatched and things were about to get shaky. We would struggle a little bit. However, never in my mind did I think about leaving. In fact, I got another job. For better or worse was imprinted on my soul. So we had dinner that night. We didn't have a kitchen table so we sat on our pull-out couch and ate Wendy's. He said, Babe, I know it doesn't seem like it right now, but we can come back from this. I just need a little time. Please just give me time. To which my question was obvious, how much time? He said he didn't know but he gave me his word that it would happen and my dream of being a stay-at-home wife would happen. Dreams are funny little things, they require work to become reality. And that's what we did. We worked together and I never once spoke down to him. He just needed time and for me to trust. Fast forward everything he promised he made good on. The moral of this is that a man who loves his woman never forgets how she was there when he lost everything, when he is in the position to he will later give her everything and more. Okay, 
So on behalf of every single man that has this fear, whether single or married, to the woman that did this for her man, I want to say thank you. Because you are one of the very few women that does this, that has done this for their man. Now, of course, when I looked through the comments of this, a bunch of people were busy talking about how, oh, so you came through and gave us all of this just to talk about stuff that you're supposed to do as a married person. And here's the thing. I don't think a lot of women actually realize how scary such a situation is for us guys. Like the possibility of you losing your job, losing everything, and then she pretty much just packs up her shit and goes. I don't think there are enough women or hell, even that many women that realize how gripping of a fear it is for a lot of us guys. Because that is a true test of loyalty for a woman. And the thing is, most babes nowadays just haven't really been proven to be loyal. And you can blame it on the babes that make too much noise or the stories that we hear every single day. But the truth of it is, this is actually a fear that a lot of guys have because we know the kind of loyalty that our parents or that our grandparents had isn't the kind of loyalty that the babes today have. I know too many stories, I heard too many stories, especially during COVID, of how guys lost their jobs and their girlfriends, their fiancés, their wives left them soon after that. And it's actually very, very painful for a lot of guys and it's something that we struggle with every single time. To the point where guys have even started being coached on getting shit tests for such things to happen so that they can know if their girlfriend or their fiance will stick around when things get tough and that way they can decide on whether they want to be with this person long term or not because at the end of the day we as men know even though we don't want to admit it that hard times do happen and you might need to go through some of those hard times and those hard times might involve you losing your ability to provide which is one of those abilities that most men are pretty much only looked at for so if all you're looked at is a provider in terms of your contribution to the family and you lose that ability, you're obviously going to be scared that you're going to get kicked out in favor of someone else that can possibly do the same exact thing. Does that mean that it's going to happen to every single guy? No, but that fear is definitely there. And with the kind of babes that we have today that are very ready and willing to leave the man if the man isn't doing all that great financially, it is something that a lot of guys do struggle with and has made quite a number of guys very marriage averse. But does that mean that all women are going to do that and leave their men? No. Does it mean that men are only good for provision and that's the only way that we're looked at by women? No. But it does highlight a massive problem and a massive fear that a lot of guys have that we're just hoping doesn't get to hit us because that's one of those things that would devastate a man and has driven a lot of men into things like suicide. But maybe I don't understand the position properly. Maybe there's something about unemployed guys that just drives a lot of women away. Either way, I want your thoughts on this. The DMs are open on Twitter. It is at Bagaka the D. You can send me your replies there on Facebook, on IG. It is at Break Time on Westside. Thank you so much for listening all the way till the end, and I will catch you guys on the next break. <laughs>